This is the Santita Jackson Show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Santita Jackson Show. Getting a little bit of an echo, so we're going to work that out. It's great to be with you today. Guess what? Guess what? Guess what? Raphael Warnock was triumphant yesterday in Georgia. What do you think about that? Opening up the phone lines, everybody. Call me at 773-763-9278, 773-763-WCPT, and AM 950 Radio, the voice of Progressive Minnesota. Meet us on the Santita Jackson and Friends page over on Facebook, everyone. That's where I need you to become my friend. I can't go. If you find any other page, that's not going to work. Santita Jackson is just a landing page, and they're purging people every day, and I'm getting all these friend requests. Everybody, please go to Santita Jackson and Friends. That is where I can accept a friend request. And, of course, meet us on YouTube, The Santita Jackson Show. We are talking about this incredible, this incredible victory yesterday, this incredible victory. What happened? What happened, everybody, with uh, in Georgia? It was not a rainy night in Georgia. It was just absolutely sunny. And so I want to know what your thoughts are. And I'm going to come right back up here on, I'm telling you, StreamYard, YouTube, they're always giving me a hard time lately. But we're going to keep it going. Call me at 773-763-9278-773-763-9278. I want to hear your thoughts. I want to hear your thoughts about this incredible, incredible election. I mean, it is it is just something that was incredible. Uh, 51% to uh, a 51-49 Senate majority. That's going to change so much in the U.S. Senate. It is going to give the Democrats a decided advantage. They will not have to have this loose power. It's not really a loose. It was a power-sharing agreement with the Republicans. That's over. You're going to be able to get these judicial appointments through. That's going to make a tremendous difference. There is a lot that was riding on last night, and Georgia came through. Georgia came through. Georgia came through. And so I want to hear from you what your thoughts are. What are your thoughts about what happened last night? And where do we go from here? Uh, 2024 is supposed to be a really, really tough season for the Democrats. Um, And so I want to know what your thoughts are. You know, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? I'm going to work out this camera piece and try and get back up here on um, on the Santita Jackson show. And so I want you to call me at 773-763-9278, 773-763-WCPT. And let us, um, let us talk today about this incredible, this incredible Incredible election, this incredible feat. Uh, Raphael Warnock has had to run for this seat several times, and he has emerged triumphant. He now has a full six years, a full full six years uh, to serve. So uh, everybody call me at 773-763-9278. I want to know what you're thinking about this and what this means to President Trump. And did you see the gracious, gracious Um, acceptance of defeat by Herschel Walker. I will say this. Of course, I was pulling for Raphael Warnock, Senator Warnock. 
Um, but I am deeply, deeply appreciative of the graciousness and the maturity with which Herschel Walker accepted defeat. Um, if we had seen that guy, who knows what would have happened yesterday? Because he, it was a very, it was a close race now. It was close. But I will tell you, um, I give credit where credit is due. And instead of inciting, inciting violence um, and stirring up a lot of bad feelings, he did not make you bitter. He made you feel better. And I thank him for that. I thank him for that. Now let us move on uh, to all the things that need to be done. We need, we have so much that is on the plate dealing with voter suppression. We have got to do that just because people were able to endure these long lines uh, and endure the gerrymandering and on and on and on. It does not mean that this is that what Brian Kemp, Governor Kemp, and the Republicans have done in Georgia, that doesn't mean that voter suppression isn't real. It doesn't mean that it's, that it's okay. We're not supposed to have to overcome that barrier. And it is happening all over the country. It's not just happening to black people in the South. It's happening to white kids in Maine. It's happening all over the country. So let's talk about that. Call me at 773-763-9278 and meet my morning stars on the Santita Jackson Show over on YouTube. Santita Jackson Show. What you say, Joyce? Yes, he did. Oh, yeah, he did all of those things. And what do they say? Uh, won't he do it? Won't he do it? You know he's a preacher. Uh, of course, having served, he's a senior pastor in the pulpit uh, of Daddy King, of his son, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. Boy, history has so much symmetry, does it not? Let's get right to the Santita Jackson Show in Chicago. We'll have a high of 46 degrees, partly cloudy. Minneapolis, St. Paul, 20 degrees. It will be There will be snow. In the NBA, the Wizards will be playing. The Bulls and the Pacers will face off against the Timberwolves. In the NHL, well, the Devils shut down Chicago's team 3 to nothing, and the Wild will be playing the Flames tonight. Well... We're coming on to the quarterfinals of FIFA of the World Cup. It is fantastic. You know, this is the biggest game in the world, everybody. In Morocco, what? They're in the, in the quarterfinals. Wow, they have advanced. Portugal has advanced. Brazil has advanced. This is going to be very, very, very exciting. More and more kids are getting into that kind of football as opposed to American football. I know my, my nephews, they play international soccer. Wow. So, I mean, that's what they do. So let's get to some of these headlines, everybody. Senator Raphael Warnock won Georgia Senate runoff, according to all of these projections, delivering another rebuke, according to the CNN report, of President Donald Trump's influence after the defeat of his handpicked candidate, Herschel Walker. I want to hear what you think about that. I mean, was this a rebuke to President Trump? Call me at 773-763-9278. Or could a better, more polished candidate have mounted a greater challenge to Raphael Warnock. Oh, because they got some out there. They got some out there for you now. Trust and believe. And we're going to see more and more of them. And they will be black. And they will be Latino. And they will be Asian. And they will be some of everything. All all bets are off now, everybody. The Trump Organization companies were found guilty yesterday on multiple charges of criminal tax fraud and falsifying business records. A Manhattan jury specifically found that the Trump Corporation and the Trump Payroll Corporation were guilty on all charges they faced connected to a 15-year scheme to defraud tax authorities by failing to report and pay taxes on compensation to top executives like apartments, tuition for their kids to go to school. That's kind of standard operating procedure in corporate America, but we'll see where all of that goes. Yesterday, 
police officers who responded to the January 6th Capitol attack and some of their family members pointedly declined to shake the hands of Senator Mitch McConnell and Congressman Kevin McCarthy as they accepted congressional gold medals on Tuesdays. Officers and the family of fallen officer Brian Sicknick, who died of a stroke the day after the January 6th uh, tragedy, uh, they shook hands with Speaker Pelosi and Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer as they accepted the medals, but quickly moved past McConnell and McCarthy. Wow, everybody. Wow, wow, wow. What do you think about that? What do you think about that? Their loved ones will not be back, everybody. A sharp drop in oil prices this week is a good sign that prices at the pump will drop. Let us hope so. So, everybody, let's get to, let's get to some good news today. We do have good news. Before you get to that good news, that this is good news when you see that this man has absolutely won this race. I'm so excited. I am so excited, too. Um, could hardly sleep. <laughs> Thank God for the victory. We are excited. Um, good morning, Santita, and welcome back. Thank you. Good morning to all of your morning stars and friends. There is good news. Please allow me to introduce you to Dr. Lena Johnson McLean. Oh, my She's goodness. a noted, yes, she's a noted <laughs> musician. She taught in the Chicago public school systems until retirement. She's a graduate of Spelman College, and she was my high school music teacher as I navigated through the first Chicago public school system music major program at Kenwood Academy. She is also the niece of the father of gospel music, Thomas Dorsey. She wrote thousands of songs as well as cantatas, but one of her songs that stands out in my mind comes to challenge us this season. It simply says, what will you put under your Christmas tree? Yeah. Yes. Will it be gifts for the poor, love for the old, care for the care weak? for the weak? Oh my goodness. Will it be packages neat, candy to eat, or trinkets to glow under your Christmas tree this year? What will you put under your Christmas tree? Will it be packages neat, candy to eat, or trinkets to glow? Will it be things you can show? things you can hold or things you can feel under your Christmas tree this year. Dr. McLean used the physical image of something we are all familiar with to make a spiritual point. During this season of giving and receiving and throughout the year, it is important to make giving to those who need and will appreciate it most a top priority, as well as giving things you can feel. How do you make people feel when they are in your presence? 
how you are making them feel can very well be your present. Instead of just making a list and checking it twice and catching all of the great sales that are in the stores this season, be a conscientious giver of things and yourself. If you will do this, and I believe that you will, then to me, that's good news. Amen to that. I love that. I did not know she wrote that song. My choir, yes, man, choir mistress, um, Mrs. Maddie Robertson at Whitney Young High School. Um, that yes. was our Chris. Oh, absolutely. That was our song. Oh, she had me in every single group she could figure out. Oh, oh, if you have any contact with her, please. I I certainly have it. Oh, I've got to speak with her because Mrs. Mrs. Mattie Robertson, she was, um, she was absolutely, she was just such a splendid lady. Mm -hmm. And um, she was impeccably turned out every day and she expected us in the girls chorus at Whitney Young to have impeccable manners and to behave and I just I just felt that she was just and I feel I will always carry her in my heart what a wonderful wonderful woman she was so patient with me because every time I had a solo for a big event I'd get hoarse can you imagine <laughs> and examine that Oh, my goodness. Well, you know what? I just love you. Um, And, of course, you would have studied under Lena McLean, one of the great choir mistresses. Um, Indeed, in the world of music, she has an international reputation, one of the great music teachers, voice teachers of all time. And, of course, Pastor Vicki is one of the great, great singers, someone I've always grown up admiring. Just love her. Pastor at the St. Thomas Lutheran Church, an hour of power from 1135, 1145 to 1245 every Sunday at 80th, 80th, and Jeffrey right on the corner. And you can also go on Facebook and meet them. Sending you much love today. Thank you. Much love to you. Oh, much love to you. And that's right. Now you can get now you can get a little shut eye now that we've gotten through the <laughs> Warnock win. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Thank goodness. Yeah. You know, Dr. Knighton, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing fine. I did not do what you want me to do. Have good sleep hygiene. I wanted to see everything that I could last night with this exciting election. But I promise you I'm going to get a little bit of rest tonight. Get a little rest tonight. You know, they're saying that, you know, we are now in the midst of this moment that you said that we would come into uh, where so many people um, are dealing with the flu, uh, they're dealing with COVID, but it's, you know, the flu is just, there's so many different strains of, of COVID and all of these other things. And, you know, now they're telling you that you need boosters sometimes every couple of months. You're saying to us, and you keep underscoring, and I just can't, I don't think you can emphasize it enough, how important it is for us to have good hand hygiene. I was stopped by several people yesterday who were shocked that fecal matter is on screens, you know, on these screens, these touch screens that we're, that, that, that we're using. Um, uh-huh. And just so much that we do not see. And so, so is it better, is it more optimal when you're out to use hand sanitizer or it, should you use 
um, should you use soap and water? Should you use a bar of soap when you're out, or should you only use a bar of soap when you're at home? Help me with that. So the good thing is, is that hand sanitizer does work. And hand sanitizer is put in place um, because for it, it, what it does is it neutralizes germs, which means that a lot of germs, and I'm not going to say it does it for all of them, but for some of the heavy hitters of pathogens, which are deadly bacteria that are out there, it actually um, kills them or removes them, rather. I mean, and when I say kill, meaning like people will say, oh, well, it's better to wash my hands. But what it is is when you're using the hand sanitizer, you're actually neutralizing, which means that you are disarming the infectious diseases that are on your hands from being contagious of you making yourself sick or making someone else sick. So, and that's not just bacteria. That also helps with viruses, too. So it helps to deactivate the alcohol, and it helps to deactivate um, some of the, the 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 illnesses, the illness aspect of it. I'm trying to explain it easy as I can, Santita. And so hand sanitizer does work, and it is a good mechanism to have in place when you do not have um, soap and water available it's also a good mechanism to place to have just if you, if you do have soap and water in place. So let's say, for example, you in a restaurant, you get friction, water, soap, that all matters. And then, of course, it also matters to completely dry your hands as well. And that's something that a lot of people don't pay attention to. So I've actually seen it where people will go into a restaurant, wash their hands with soap and water, and there's no way to dry so if you don't have anywhere to dry, let's say you didn't dry it on some clothes that are contaminated or you walking around and your hands is wet and you didn't pick up something else, you didn't pick up that bacteria again So in or, or viral um, stuff again. So in that particular instance, it probably would be better to use the hand sanitizer because at least you know you're going to rub it around with friction and you know that it will also hurry up and dry as well. So when I tell people, honestly, especially in this time, Use what you can, and as long as you do it, I'm proud of you. Because right now, to not do it is more of the problem than it is to do it because we're not aware of people's habits. I've seen people wipe their nose and touch the surface and not even realize they touched the surface until I told them. Because I don't know if y'all know, but I feel like my eyes can see packaging. <laughs> I think, I think that your eyes can. I'm serious. Like, I could not. I could be somewhere and I feel like it's floating around like, oh, that's nasty. Why they do that? And it's like you can just, you feel like you see the illness just floating around in the air. And it's not because you're intentionally trying to be nitpicky. It's just that you know some of the habits for which people have, we can do so much better. And in this particular instance, people sneezing, coughing, the problem is not that we cannot do better. It's not that we cannot prevent illness. The issue is is that we need to all carry an altruistic spirit during this holiday season, not just around giving gifts, not around giving money, not around giving resources, and not around giving germs, but really giving courtesy to not give germs, which means that when I come in contact with people, I'm actually going to protect myself because I care about you so much, I don't want to make you sick. And if we all carry that mentality, then we would be in a better spot. But if everyone is coughing and sneezing and, oh, well, I got to go out and I am I'm so want to go to this party or I so want to go to this event, 
or oh that wasn't a cough even though you should use coffee to cover your mouth just in case it contained germs then we would be in a better place and so when we're looking at RSV, when we're looking at flu, when we're looking at COVID right now, all at the same time, the biggest challenge is is right now we're not doing enough collectively in order for us to be able to protect each other from what it is that we may have. I always say, assume everybody has it. Assume everybody has it and assume you have it and practice protection both ways. Hmm. Dr. Shanina Knight and everybody go to Hey Dr. Nina at Hey Dr. Nina. That is her handle. She will make you very aware, not paranoid, just aware, aware. You all remember uh, Bernadine Washington, that icon of radio. She said, be aware, be aware, be aware. Hey, Dr. Nina, sending you much love. Let's talk about what happened in Georgia. It was not a rainy night in Georgia. It was a sunny night. It rained there, but people kept on voting. Back in just a minute. This is the Santita Jackson Show. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Santita Jackson Show, AM 950 Radio, the voice of Progressive Minnesota. This stream keeps jumping around, but we're going to keep on going at it. Uh, everybody stay with me on YouTube and on the Santita Jackson and Fringe page, AM 950 Radio and WCPT 820 in Chicago. Those are my home stations. I'm really, really glad to be with you all today as we talk about what happened in Georgia. What happened in Georgia? It is momentous, everybody. Now the Democrats have a clear majority in the U.S. Senate. They're going to be able to get federal judiciary appointments through. You know, that is how Republicans have been able to stack the courts, because they've had the majority in the U.S. Senate. That changes. This is a game changer, everybody. But this is also the first African-American who is elected uh, to the U.S. Senate from Georgia. Uh, when people say that we have not made progress, that is not true. It's just slow going. And the the healing is so deep. It, it, has to, it has to occur on so many levels. Everybody has got a leg to run in this race. So what are you going to do? Don't say, you know, we haven't done no, no, Dr. King did his job. Mm-mm. Reverend Jesse Jackson did his job. Andrew Young did his job. Okay, Hosea Williams, James Bevel, they did their jobs. What are you going to do? Fannie Lou Hamer did her job. Dorothy Hyde did her job. Cesar Chavez did his job. What are you going to do? That's the question. Cesar Chavez almost starved himself to death trying to draw attention to the least of these. What are you going to do? That's one of the questions. What are we going to do about voter suppression now? Because that, as we, as Raphael Warnock, Senator Warnock, told us last night, yes, let's celebrate right now. And you have, while we're having this mountaintop moment, yes, let's do that. But tomorrow morning, we must go back down into the valley, because in the valley, that is where we have voter suppression. You shouldn't have had to wait for two and a half hours to vote in black neighborhoods. That should not have happened. Now, we overcame it because we over-indexed in the vote. We decided we were not going to be defeated. We've always done that. But this kind of injustice has to stop. 
That's the work that we have to do as we wake up in the valley. We got another mountain to climb and another mountaintop to hit, but we're going to continue to go into a valley and do the work and and keep on climbing, climbing higher mountains every day. All right, everybody, call me at 773-763-9278. I want to know what your thoughts are about what happened last night. I want to know what your thoughts are. Opening up the phone lines, I want to know what your thoughts are. And what does this mean to President Trump? A lot of people are saying that this was like the death knell to him. I don't think so, because he has been winning most of the races, even though I don't know why the corporate media are doing this and misleading people. Go to Ballotpedia, everybody. I've posted it, and I'll repost it. He's won about 90% of his state races, so he's been able to stack the deck in states from coast to coast. So when people want to contest the election, he has the people in place who will help to facilitate that. Think about that, everybody. Think about it. And last night, it was a tight race now. It was a tight race. If the Herschel Walker we heard last night was the Herschel, the Herschel Walker we might have heard, that we could have heard during the campaign trail, we might have had a different outcome. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Because a lot of people are too embarrassed to vote for him. Whew, before we get to you, or Aaron Connolly, let's talk about some vittles from celebrations by us. I know you'll have something to say about this race, but (laughs) let's talk about these vittles first because we are in the holiday season. I can't believe we're just a couple of weeks away from Christmas, but it's true. Yes, we are, Santita, and we are up and busy. So give us a call at 708-526-4546. We can handle all of your catering needs, whether it's your turkey, your dressing, your ham, as well as your mac and cheese, your spaghetti, lasagna, uh, Cajun pasta, our sweets, our sweet potato pies, our caramel cakes, red velvet cakes, peach cobbler, banana pudding, whatever it is that you need for your holiday table, don't hesitate to give us a call at 708-526-4546. We're taking limited orders for Christmas, so please get your order in today. Thanks so much, Santita. We appreciate your support. Okay, excited about what happened in Georgia? I am. I'm. I, but it's much closer than I expected. I mean, mm. a win is a win. What we what we learned is that if we vote, we can win. And so I think that this was, um, uh, you know, black folks came out and they showed out. And I think the Democratic Party needs to give us credit for that. And they need to push some of those voter protection laws and agendas. And I think that it was way closer than I expected it to be. I mean, I don't I, know why. Wait, wait till they wait till they bring out these black Republicans who share your social values. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, 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 because no. black people are socially very conservative. Everybody, let us not be fooled by that. We are not liberal at all. We're not. And we get moved into the progressive space because, you know, when people say that, you know, people in the black church, you're homophobic. No, you know, they're gay people everywhere. And, you know, you ain't going to mess with so-and-so's child, their son, their daughter. You ain't going to do that. That's just not going to happen. Now, you know, and and people have all kinds of feelings about all kinds of stuff because people do everything. But I'm just here to tell you where these Republicans are going. When you heard Donald Trump's announcement speech, Aaron, just a few weeks ago, he said, I have grown the party. I have brought more black people in, more Hispanics in. And guess what? It's true. 
and they're going to find you have a you have a young man, Congressman James, out of Detroit. He's from a very well-respected black family. And when you hear him talk, he's going to get some votes. <laughs> something, so you're surprised that it was so close. And I think we need to beware that it was so close. Shapiro, I, I think we need to we need to look at that. What did that say to you that it was so close? That the Democrats got a lot of work to do. They got a lot of work to do because, uh, like you said, if it was somebody a little bit more polished, a little bit more palatable, as they say, they would have ran away with the race. Georgia is still a red state. Let's not get it twisted. Let's not mm-hmm. get fooled. Uh, you know, let's not be fooled by this. It is a red state. And if it wasn't for Atlanta, literally, he would have walked away with it. Well, Atlanta's blue. You see, it's like you have Chicago and you have Illinois. You have Atlanta. You have Georgia. You have New York and you've got Staten Island. <laughs> I, don't even, I haven't even gone into the rest of the state. Staten Island is diametrically opposed to, to the politics of Manhattan, the, the boogie down Bronx, Brooklyn, Queens, much of Queens. You can almost put many parts of Queens in the Staten Island basket. I think we just have to be very, very clear on that. You know, and be very clear that the black vote, don't take it for granted. And don't think that black folks will stay over in this in this space. You're seeing black men go over to the Republican Party. I think we need to look at that. But I will take this win because I think that, you know, also our Reverend Dr. Warnock um, is eminently qualified, but he also culturally is a great fit with black people. You know, he's, he's a minister who is a Morehouse man, Alpha Phi Alpha, all of that, deeply conservative. That is where black people are. It really is. And a lot of black people came out and voted because they said, I don't want Herschel to represent us. I'm just giving you our own conversation over here. So I want you to call me at 773-763-9278 and let's talk about this because it was a close race. It was close. It was close. But it's a win, and I'll take it. (laughs) Aaron Connolly, you said your nerves were so bad you had to go to bed. (laughs) I was sick to my stomach watching these returns. Oh, my goodness. Um, Do you remember when, when the night turned, when they said... Oh, no, no, no. Not from a likely winner to, well, it's too close to call. I thought I was going to pass out. Yeah, the back and forth was was stressful. I know I was not the only one. Uh, Millions of Americans were gritting their teeth and uh, holding their hands together, praying. uh, You know, people that do not pray were praying yesterday, as I saw many folks commenting on Twitter. Mm -hmm. But um, as Chaparral said, and as the the map shows us, not only did Atlanta come through, the surrounding suburban counties came through. The Democratic bright spots in some of these more rural counties showed up in greater numbers than in uh, the midterm election. Uh, we saw the University of Georgia show up um, for Reverend Warnock. And uh, there were some games outside. Oh. Aaron Connolly? Okay, what happened to Aaron? Okay, let's see what happened to her. I'm sorry. I, I lost, okay, I lost all right. you for a second. Sorry, my, my signal cut out. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no worries. Signal. 
So, so we saw what we saw was um, the the numbers in those rural counties not coming in as they needed. Democrats showed up in places where they maybe didn't show up in the midterms, and the numbers support that. We saw the University of Georgia come through, uh, which should have been uh, Herschel Walker's stronghold as well. So um, there are some bright spots for, for the Democrats here. And what we owe that to are great organizers like Black Voters Matter, like the Transformative Justice Coalition. And I want to give Stacey Abrams some of this credit, too. She's built a strong strong organizing mm-hmm. uh, apparatus in Georgia for many years that did register and talk to many of these voters. And that, that is part of the infrastructure that, that led to that win as well. But the reality is here, this was the most expensive Senate race that we saw. 400, over $400 million million spent on this race. And what we saw in the runoff portion of it was uh, Warnock was able to fundraise two to over two to one from Walker and was able to mobilize money and people in that four week sprint in a way that the GOP could not keep up with. And so uh, the credit goes to those organizers, to the folks that were ready for this, that had been in this battle before and knew how to get it done. But we have to talk about the money. Where did that money come from? Who is supporting a candidate like Herschel Walker that is an admitted abuser that is violent that um you know but what, nobody what cares about that that said see i think one of the things but, that was revealed you know and it's not been revealed i mean we can now talk about it even more openly because we live in a time in which so much that's been whispered about aaron is now discussed openly you know and you and you can call people conspiracy theorists if you want it's look i didn't i didn't build the mistrust somebody else did that it was just weeks after John F. Kennedy was killed, the overwhelming majority of Americans didn't believe the official story. They didn't believe just one guy stood in a building and shot this man, and nobody believes it years later. Nobody. They'll be talking about that because they just released some more of the papers. It's need to stop. But, you know, what we're looking at, um, it's, it really is it's about power. We were, we were watching power, 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 power. And the and and just and really, people will put anybody in a seat in power. You saw that when when we lost Paul Wellstone in that plane crash, where he was really the person who stood against us going into Iraq. We lost a whole lot. We lost a whole lot. And then they put in this puppet um, Republican. Remember Norm Coleman? He couldn't even hold on to the seat. Mm-hmm. This, you know, this is just this is power, and you know, a lot of the candidates who are presented to us are manufactured. They just say they are. I yeah, mean, absolutely. we're seeing it. They, I mean, we, we don't. And, I mean, you have someone like Raphael it. Warnock, who's organic. He comes from the community. It was a people's draft, he, and he is free enough and has enough organizing capabilities that he was able to organize people and and re, and move on in in twenty twenty. Shockingly, right? But I, you know, I think we just have to look at, you know, please, if let the, let these Republicans come up with a black person, a black man who used to be a Democrat, okay, someone who can really, really drill down on the black community, and it's going to be a different day. They're, they're doing it with a Latino population too. You've got, the, you know, at least one of these young women, uh, Latinas, who's now in Congress. She's a right winger for real. I'm like, it's not shocking. That's the culture. Aaron, 
So I think we have to well, really you're, drill you're, down you're, on you're what right. is it we're looking but, for, you know? But we have we have to see through that, and we have to, you know, nobody likes to come out and, and say that necessarily, that, that we're not, we, we don't like to have that conversation as much as we should. That, well, you know, honey, you're on the Santita Jackson show. <laughs> but 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 that's you know when we saw some of these exit interviews yesterday of of, of younger folks of of folks um, like you said that um, you wouldn't think would be a typical Walker voter the reasons that they voted for him were were just so so basic and there I, I think there is an opportunity at least with the next generation to dig in in some of these these strategic pieces and say you're being played. That this is this is not even a, a second option. This is a billionaire putting up um, a person who will do their bidding. This is this has this isn't even the football star you think it is, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I, I hope we can have some of those deeper conversations as the GOP gets more desperate and um, doesn't <laughs> doesn't care about vetting candidates that are qualified to represent the folks in their in their districts or in their state. Um, but, but but I think he was he back, was vetted. He Aaron. That's why I, he was vetted. He was vetted for exactly what they wanted. He was, he gave because exactly you know the thing is yes. he is a football icon, and people for people know people whisper in the streets about everybody's business. That's what closets are for. Everybody knows ain't nobody completely clean. Okay, so we can just hang all of that up. Nobody is. Everybody has something they do not want discussed on this microphone. <laughs> so we, you know, and that's why I think that some of this stuff that we that we disqualify candidates for is just foolish. Someone's personal life, please get out of here. And with all the things that we saw about um, about Herschel Walker, no one really cares about that. The evangelicals forgave him. Stay right there, Aaron. They forgave him. They said, "We hallelujah." <laughs> I can't make this up, Margarita. No, am I pronouncing? Am I pronouncing your name correctly? It's uh, it's Marquita. Marquita. Oh my goodness, we were way off here. But I'm going, Marquita. Oh, how okay. are you? No, no, no. It's not my girl. My name is not Santina. It's Santita. So I want to get it right. <laughs> <laughs> oh no problem. Got it. Well, um, couple of things. Uh, I didn't. I felt that it shouldn't have been as close, but mm. just following uh, politics. And see, this is why our education system is so backwards now and why we need to have civics even at the elementary level. Even though I was never uh, really interested in politics, but I understood as time went on how politics is always going to be with us. Even the Bible mm-hmm. speaks about politics in a way. And uh, just taking a deep breath because I was sick over the weekend and I really didn't need to get my system out of whack, but I didn't even really watch. I couldn't because those numbers was just in numbers. People mm-hmm. feel my vote don't count. Yes, it does. Every last Every one. Every last one, mm. down to the simplest drop. And I'm just going to say this. What we as the Democrats need to do is to stay on the ground, knocking on those doors, talking to your neighbors, 
talking to your family around the table because this is going to only get even brut- much brutal as that's the word to say mm-hmm. as we progress because it's about power. And when you well, you know what? I think about- we'll, we, but stay right there because you know, I don't want you to leave yet. Please don't. Um, I think what we also have to understand is that, you know, the election is the end of the beginning, not the beginning of the end. Now we have to lobby. See, we have to push for the codification of our voting rights since the Supreme Court yeah. gutted it. We must demand now that Biden give us an executive action on voting rights, number one. And then we have to lobby both houses of Congress and our state houses to make sure that we have our voting rights. Because voter suppression, I'm so glad that Senator Warnock went right to voter suppression because that's that was a real problem. If he did not have an excited electorate, specifically excited black folks and the AAPI community, I mean, he came up with a rainbow. But that's what we've been talking for more than uh, Dr. King talked about it. Reverend Jackson did it. And we've been doing this for decades you know, the fact is, you know, it's not just by voting Democrats, because you're going to agree with the Republicans on some things, quite frankly. And and oh, I'll yeah. give them kudos yeah. on that. You know, and I'll work with you. Because, see, whoever is in office, they're going to be my president, my senator, my U.S. representative, my my secretary of state, you know, of, my, of the United States or of my state. Who, you know, whoever it is, whoever gets elected, you work for me. And I'm going to make sure you work for me. How about that? And see, this is the thing that we see, 45, because I'm never going to give him the title. But 45 was a wake-up call for all of us on both sides of the the parties. Um, Especially the citizens. We We had just gotten too complacent. And it's a two-way street. And now you got more billionaires. You have more people of color that has acquired this level. And it's just a myriad of issues that we need to address. It doesn't have to be a great divide like it has been. But we can do better in this country. And we, you know, we can do what we can do. The thing is, this stuff didn't start with Trump, though, Marquita. You know, and I think we have to deal with that, because even when I look at Liz Cheney and and all these people who say they don't like Trump, it's personal for them, because what Trump did was walk into the Republican Party and he gutted it. He he did honestly what Jesse Jackson did, what Bernie Sanders did. He brought people to the party. And he upended the party. But what Reverend Jackson did not do was destroy the party. <laughs> Trump went in and tore it up. Liz Cheney voted for with Trump more than 90% of the time. And all these people who get up here and they say how much they dislike him, it's personal. See, I resent that. Because they're playing a game with us. Because everything that he stands for, all of, all of the aspirations and needs of the oligarchy... These people support, not to mention the fact that um, Dick Cheney stole the election. Hello, girl, come on. You remember 2000? Come on, they, they stole it. And we keep we yeah. keep want, we want to look at January 6th. I'm looking at these kids who put on their Brooks Brothers suits 
and their polos and their izods. And they, they were harassing those people who were trying to count those votes down in Florida, physically, physically threatening them. And then they took it to the Supreme Court. And then you had the guy who was running. His brother was the governor of the state that was disputed. I mean, are you all for real? And you don't want to talk about that. And you just want to talk about Trump. But you want to forget that. You're going to make him respectable a million dead Iraqis later. Girl, uh-uh. I'm going to give you the last minute. I, I can't do it. Well, I'm like, if you, I, I, either you don't like Trumpism, either you don't like people who favor corporatocracy, don't talk to me about Trump anymore. Mm-mm. And you know what? Honestly, if I want people to respect President Obama, and I absolutely do, I'm going to give President Trump his due. Because guess what? They lie about his supporters, too, girl. Because guess what? Two-thirds of his supporters made $50,000 a year or more. They keep saying that he got the uneducated white people. That's a lie. Most white people in America voted for him. That's a fact. And a chunk of black folks did, too. Yeah, it did. That happened. Yes. It's just the numbers. It's a a (laughs) lot. It's a lot in this process. And, And unfortunately, because your average citizen has to just focus on day to day, they are mm-hmm. not that in tune, and that's where, I, like I said, we still have to be on the ground, be door to door. Absolutely, you still have to constantly talk it up. And thank you so much for what you do, because it's a lot of sacrifice. And I will continue <laughs> you know to listen and pray for you guys. Girl, you are so sweet, and I thank you. All I try to do as we go to this break is give us information. That that's what I'm trying to do. You know, and so and you have to divorce yourself from your emotion and just come up with the numbers. That's why when they say, oh, Trump is losing, that's a lie. I went to Ballotpedia, which is an independent resource that counts votes. He won almost 90 percent of the people he put up. They won. So the infrastructure to dispute elections is in place. And see the thing about this. Hold, no, hold, hold that thought. Let's talk during the that. break. No, stay right oh, there. Okay. Let's talk to the break. You're not going to okay. pay some okay. bills. Okay. Stay right there. No, don't, don't leave. Stay right there. Stay right there, everybody. We're continuing to talk about this election in Georgia, everybody. I want to know what your thoughts are. Greg Palast is coming up, and so is John Nichols, and, um, and DeKalb County Commissioner Larry Johnson is going to join us again. It's going to be hot on the Santita Jackson Show. Call us at 773-763-9278. Back in just a minute. This is the Santita Jackson Show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Santita Jackson Show. It is Wednesday, December 7th, 2022. WCPT 820, the nation's largest progressive talk radio station, is my home, as is AM 950 Radio, the voice of progressive Minnesota, sending all of our love to all of our veterans everywhere. Those who are uh, those who are active duty soldiers and those who have served in the past. Of course, today is the day that will live in infamy. Today, 81 years ago, uh, Pearl Harbor was attacked and it pulled America into the Second World War. And God bless 
them all. God bless them all. God bless us all. We need to study war no more. Pray that one day we will get to a place where war will be something that we'll say war is over. Thank you, John Lennon. Like, what is that? Pray for that. But in the meantime, we thank God for those who serve us in this way. And God bless you today. December 7th, 1941, 81 years ago, was when uh, Pearl Harbor was attacked. I'm Santita Jackson. Let's talk about what happened in Georgia. We're going to have Greg Palast. Of course, you can see his movie. I think it's, no, I think that was yesterday. But go to gregpalast.com so that you can see Vigilante, uh, the movie. It is fantastic. Um, It is an incredible feat achieved by Raphael Warnock and the people of Georgia. The fact that they will overcome massive voter suppression to deliver this win uh, to Georgia, to the U.S. Senate, Senate, but more than that, to our country. This is the first African-American elected to the U.S. Senate from Georgia. We have made so many great changes in the United States. Have we made all the changes we need to make? No. Has the healing gone as deep as it's going to need to go? No. I can't wait for us to say that about indigenous people getting them to the U.S. Senate. We need Kim Teehee seated right now. It's been more than, it's been almost 200 years that Treaty of Achota was approved in 1835, 187 years. Excuse me, how many years will you cheat the Cherokee people out of their seat in the U.S. House of Representatives? How many years? We want justice for everybody, for everybody, for everybody. And when you help the least of these... You will help everybody else. Think about that. My mother often says, you can't help me. You can't help somebody else without helping yourself. Think about that, everybody. So call me at 773-763-9278, 773-763-WCPT, and let's talk about this tremendous victory. We've got Aaron Connolly. We're going to have Greg Pallast. We're going to have DeKalb County Commissioner, excuse me, Larry Johnson with us, and we're going to have... Um, oh, one more person, but you know, of course, if that escapes me at the moment, but it's going to be a great, 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 great show. John Nichols is joining us to give us really a sense of what we saw yesterday because it really is incredible. But Raphael Warnock said, while we're having this mountain moment, tomorrow morning we got to go back into the valley because we got to deal with voter suppression. So let's get to some of these headlines. In Chicago, we'll have a high of 46 degrees, partly cloudy. Minneapolis, St. Paul, 20 degrees snow. The NFL, a rare night where there was no game. All right, everybody in the NBA. The Wizards will be playing the Bulls. The Pacers will be playing the Timberwolves. In the NHL, the Devils shut down Chicago 3 to nothing. The Wilds will be playing the Flames tonight. And while Morocco and Portugal have advanced, they are in the quarterfinals of the World Cup. It's going to be exciting. Everyone is talking about what happened in Georgia. Warnock defeats Herschel Walker in Georgia, giving Democrats a clear majority in the U.S. Senate. It is going to be monumental what that means. There will be no more power sharing between uh, Senators Schumer and McConnell. Now the leader, the majority leader, flat out, full stop in the U.S. Senate is Chuck Schumer. That's right. No more dancing to or dancing with uh, Mitch McConnell. Enough of that already. Two Trump Organization companies were found guilty on Tuesday on multiple charges of criminal tax fraud and falsifying business records yesterday. 
police officers who responded to the January 6th Capitol attack and some of their family members pointedly declined to shake the hands of Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy as they accepted congressional gold medals. In this case, Brian Sicknick's family accepted his medal posthumously. It's the highest honor that can be awarded uh, to a citizen by the U.S. Congress. And officers and the family of Brian Sicknick shook hands with Speaker Pelosi and Majority, Majority Leader Schumer, but they quickly moved past Senator McConnell and aspirant Speaker Kevin McCarthy. All senior, all senior congressional leaders were participating in the event to honor the U.S. Capitol police officers, Washington D.C. Metro police officers, and others who responded during this riot. Everybody, wow! What? A moment, what a moment, what a moment. And a sharp drop in oil prices this week could be a good sign for everybody. These gas prices ought to drop, but you know they have been lifted arbitrarily, right? You do know that there is no justification by these gas companies to raise these oil prices, to raise these gas prices. No, they're doing it because they're price gouging, and the Democrats need to deal with that. Those are just some of the headlines on the Santita Jackson Show. Before we get back to Aaron Connolly and we'll be talking with Greg Pallast and, and uh, Commissioner Johnson out of Georgia, as well as John Nichols, let's talk about financial freedom. You know what? Do you have a credit card? Are you using your debit card because you don't have a credit card? Mm. You need a plan. You need a plan. You might say, my credit is not good enough for me to get a credit card. Well, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And if you get a plan, you will be able to get that credit card. If you get a plan, you will be able to buy that house. If you get a plan, you'll be able to save that house. You'll be able to secure loans. You'll understand the financial products that are available to you. And you'll have an advocate who will help you to get what you need to save your home, to get a credit card, to build your credit, rebuild your credit, all of that. And that's Team Hockberg. I want you to call them at 855 855- Five six David eight five 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 six David or go to five six David dot com five six David dot com so that you can uh, get what you need from them. Let me tell you what's going to happen. You're going to call them and you're going to have a free consultation. And when you tell them everything and they've heard it all, then they'll come back to you with a plan. That's what you need, everybody. Tom and Sonia had seventeen credit cards, one hundred thousand dollars worth of debt on those credit cards, and they were struggling to pay their mortgage. They reached out to Team Hochberg because they said, this sounds too good to be true. Team Hochberg heard them out, and then they were able to come back with them a plan, come back to them with a plan that got them an FHA loan, brought down their credit card payments by over $2,800 a month. They were able to hold on to some of those cards. They didn't need them all, and they kept their home. So that could be you. It's happening to a whole lot of people. Don't feel embarrassed. Call them at 855-56-DAVID, 855-56-DAVID, or call them at 56david.com, 56david.com, so that you can get what you need and get on the road to financial freedom. All right, everybody, Warnock warned about voter suppression in Georgia just because he won. Just because he won and he's telling you, hey, I had this mountain moment. We are having this right now. But be very clear. 
We need to go back to the valley in the morning and deal with voter suppression. And Tracy Lewis, I hear you. You're saying that, you know, getting an executive order from the president will not mean anything. That's not true. The fact is executive orders really do matter. They just they just last for the life of a presidency. And you're right. We do need to go to Congress and lobby and get the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, get that passed. All of that, that needs to happen. In the meantime, the president needs to put in place an executive order, Aaron. We need that. We need an executive order on uh, on justice and policing. And then you can go to the Congress and lobby and make that work. But you you got to not just do something. You got to do that. That's important. It, the problem with executive orders is that they do not last past a presidency. But the good thing about it, an executive order is that it can be enacted in the midst of a presidency. And that's what we need right now. Erin Connolly, who, what do you make of what happened well, yesterday? Well, well, and I what agree about that? Because I mean, he, he went right to I, voter suppression, right? He went right to it. He said, hey, this was a problem. You should not have had to wait in the black community for two mm-hmm. and a half hours on average in line while white rural communities were able to vote in 15 minutes. Now, that is ridiculous, Aaron. And as he should, that should have been the first thing, because he has been fighting that voter suppression. He's been on that that front line and sees what the people of Georgia in certain areas had to go through. Right. And we've been disappointed uh, that the John Lewis voting rights uh, legislation has not moved in the last couple of years. And we see these local governments, state governments in many states outside of the South putting in similar provisions. And that will get more aggressive unless. Our Democratic leadership, as you said, makes that a priority. And that that is the fundamental piece. The good news is, is we have people coming into Congress that understand this fight, that understand that the basics of democracy, that any type of voter suppression, any delay, any restriction is against our constitutional intention. Right. What we have built and cultivated from our original Constitution, what it, what it means now right? We have to fight for that. And what it would do as an executive order is set that priority and intention for the White House to say, this is what we're going to fight for. This is where we stand. And now we're going to go to Congress. Now we're going to go to the Senate. Now we're going to have these tough conversations, even with Republicans to say, is this what we stand for? Are we really going to suppress the vote when our Supreme Court isn't going to come through for us, when they're gutting the Voting Rights Act and uh, ignoring the data behind it? And then we have these these incidents in Georgia. And I'm sure Greg Palace will will talk about some of the realities that we saw on the ground yesterday, um, reflecting the fears that we had that were outlined in his his documentary Vigilante. But it's not just Georgia. It's places like Arizona. It's places like Ohio. It's even in certain areas in rural Pennsylvania where you you see people turned away from the polls, where you see folks that speak a different language aren't able to access ballots properly. And we need to fight this at every level. Setting the executive order intention and making that a big push would would go so far to rally the Democratic base moving into the next election, if we're talking about the politics of it, and give some hope to the organizers that have to be on the battlefield. Right. This is the this is the work that they're doing when voters in Georgia are knocking on doors. They're not only saying get out and vote, but they're they're training people on how not to break the law. Right. And that is that is a whole different level of organizing. And 
the good news is, is what we saw is it didn't work. But next time the law gets more difficult, uh, they put in more provisions. If, if, if we don't stand up, there is that risk, right? So, and we need to make it easier for, for our folks on the ground to do that voter education, make that plan to vote, and not have to worry about whether they're going to get charged with something like we see some of these voters in Florida. So we need that national leadership to set the intention, to set the goal, and to let those folks know that this is a priority for Democrats. Well, because the governor of Georgia deputized GOP, deputized people to challenge people's votes. That's what happened with this law. That's why, I mean, people need to understand that while, I mean, we're excited about what happened, I think this is great, but if you don't marry this conversation, the victory, to the vigilance that was required by the, by the voters, we're missing the whole point. Because the voter suppression did work. It did work, because you, you want to know why? Guess what? Um, his mail-in ballots fell by 83%. Aaron, Raphael Warnock's well, was, mail-in ballots fell by 83%, 83%. That was what pushed him to victory in 2020. Because we were coming out of the, we were coming through the pandemic because we're still in it. Mm-hmm. And people, you know, were like, how am I going to vote? Remember, 2020 was like, I don't know how to go to the polling, polling stations. We didn't know what to do. So the mail-in vote was extremely important in 2020. But this time, in the general election, mail-in ballots fell, his mail-in ballots fell by 83%. So if you think we do not have work to do, and I'm excited about this moment, but if we don't look at voter suppression and voter oppression and a governor who deputized people to challenge your vote, you get to the polling place... Aaron, and you'd find out I've been purged. Or I have my, my next door neighbor challenged my right to vote. I'm like, who, who are you to challenge me? Challenge me? Are you serious? That's what that was happening all over Georgia. It's just it's just it's 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 insane. It's insane. But, you know, but now now that we have this victory, the 5149 um the 5149 margin that we have in the Senate now, what does that mean, Erin? Well, it first means that some of these judicial qualified, extremely qualified judicial nominees uh, that President Biden has, has put up will be pushed through the Senate and um, we'll see those judges sitting on, on federal benches, right? It has been a huge issue that we have these vacancies for many appointments, not just in the um, in the judicial side of things. So the Senate will actually be able to do their job, which is which is helpful. So, mm. so that's the most important thing. Also, we will be able to free up our our brilliant and um, uh, capable Vice President uh, Kamala Harris to do uh, additional work. She won't have to sit around D.C. and wait to see if she's going to have to break a tie in the Senate. It also takes some power away from uh, the the two uh, senators who give us the most headache, uh, Senator Manchin, who I like to call Senator Maserati, and uh, my old friend Kirsten Cinema, who have clear corporate interests, who are aligned with whether that's the coal industry 
or uh, taking money from pharmaceutical companies. Um, you know, she was at Mitch McConnell's um, foundation this this uh, fall uh, talking about her bipartisan efforts. Um, and, you know, I, I think it, it'll dilute some of the, the power that those two have in putting roadblocks on some of these things like uh, like voting rights, the issues that really, really matter to, to Democrats. So um, there there will be some movement in the Senate. Uh, we'll have we'll have a, a different battle in the House, as, as you know, but um, there will be some progress. Senator Schumer will be the actual majority leader. Um, we will not have to see Mitch McConnell as much, which I think everyone will be happy about. And, um, you know, but but really, I'm I'm thrilled to see that our judicial nominees will, will get approval and our, our court system will be able to function at a level that the American people deserve. We really do need that now. We need we need these judicial appointments to get through. And they have not been able to get through with this power sharing arrangement that we've had. Um, but I keep going back to to the voting rights. And, you know, and now they're attacking Stacey Abrams. Uh, there is I was reading an article that said that, you know, they're looking at her um, at her new Georgia project, which has been the it's like the rain, rainbow push has a citizenship education fund. It's I mean, they're, they're, they're attacking her. And so now she is going to she's possibly her organization is possibly going to come under criminal investigation for unlicensed fundraising because some because some IRS uh, something was not signed. Um, connect collecting donations, the article says, without a license in at least nine states, opening itself up to fines and criminal inquiries. And this is from the Washington Washington Free Beacon. I realize that they skew to the right, but they're letting you know what's going to happen with her. This the article reads: state laws across the country prohibit charities that have not filed required financial disclosures with the IRS from soliciting donations. That could be as simple as as someone just, it's an administrative error. That can happen. But what they're trying to do is shut her and her work down, the registering of voters. They need to investigate Brian Kemp and the secretary, of, who was the secretary of state who purged all those voters who would have been her margin of victory. Hello? Are you there, Aaron? That's who they oh, need to yes. be investigating. No, no, no. I, so, I, I, mean, I agree. And, no, and, no, no, no. I mean, they, just... they, they, they use these tactics, right? And what what I hope happens, which is, is, is true for many of these organizations, they work with fundraisers that, that um, you know, file this, this type of paperwork and disclosure. Um, so hopefully it's just a clerical error and, and we'll be able to move past it um, and make sure that... Uh, Stacey Abrams can continue this important work because we saw what she was able to build over many, many years had an impact yesterday. And um, these organizations are important. But at the same time, if we're, if we're investigating Stacey Abrams on the on our side, we need to do a little digging and see what some of these uh, more conservative-leaning nonprofits and political action committees how their fundraising is going and where their money is coming from and making sure that uh, we're in that legal fight as well, right? Sometimes um, we, do, we don't always use the tools in our toolbox when when the evidence is, is, is right there in front of us. So um, I think that, that's a tactic we, we need to uh, use more often 
and take a look at some of these groups that clearly are are not nonprofits, that clearly are raising money or doing political work on the other side. Um, So, um, you know, I I think Stacey Abrams has come under enormous attacks since she started gaining power and popularity. And we saw what happened in in her statewide race as a result. And as we know, um, candidates that are women, candidates who are black women, face a huge and unfair uh, disadvantage in our system and are put under a different type of lens, a different type of microscope, and um, are often the targets of, of lawsuits and uh, different types of attacks than their, their male and their white male counterparts. So, um, and progressives are. That, 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 yes. You, yes the people who protect the protected class get protected. Okay? Let me just, let's just put it where it is. I don't care what color you are. If you want to come in to office and you want to protect the corporatocracy, if you want to wage war, you're going to be fine. I don't care what your color is. I don't care if you are a woman. As a matter of fact, they prefer to get women and people of color because you can do much more under the cover of darkness, if you will. You can do much more with the soft touch. Look at what England became under Maggie Thatcher. Are you for real? This is what we do. This is how we get down, everybody. As long as I can put a nice little, oh, my goodness, Aaron, as long as I can just put a nice face on it. If if I can brown up imperialism, I can do a lot of great things. (laughs) Yeah, I put it. Yeah, I'm I'm putting it right there because I'm an anti-imperialist, everybody. I don't think that my oil is up under the Saudi sand. Okay, that's theirs. It belongs to Venezuela. Stop it. Stop. I don't want I don't want to invade anyone. and I don't want anyone invading me. How about that? Back with more of the Santita Jackson Show in just a minute. <laughs> we can change the world, change the world, change the world. Oh, yes, we can. We can change the world, we can change the world, change the world. This is the Santita Jackson Show. Everybody, what happened in Georgia yesterday? Well, it was pretty miraculous. I mean, the 83% of the mail-in ballots for uh, Raphael Warnock, it fell off. That's how he won in 2020. Voter suppression was at work. And last night he was very, very, very pointed in dealing with that. He said, as we have this mountain experience tonight, we have to go back into the valley and do some work. And it was a close race. Think about that. It was a close race with a guy who was supremely unqualified, and I do give him credit for this gracious speech that he gave last night. I I do appreciate that. He could have gone in a completely different direction, and Herschel Walker did not do that. That having been said, we got a lot of work to do, everybody. There's a lot going on out here. There's a lot going on. We continue to talk about President Trump. If you don't look at the conditions that gave rise to him, then we're missing the whole point. Most of the people who are anti-Trumpers voted with him 90% of the time, starting with Liz Cheney. Stop it. Stop it. These people are with the proposition that supports the oligarchs. Stop it. Get off of him and deal with them who oppress all of us. 
How about that? So, we've got Greg Palace, brilliant investigative reporter. You've got to see the movie Vigilante. You've got to see it. What happened yesterday and what's been happening in Georgia with voter suppression and in Maine and in Arizona, which Aaron Connolly is still with us, what we've been talking about, it's laid out brilliantly in this film. And indeed, um, you can just take Georgia and just, you can take that, uh, you can take that what's happened in Georgia and put an overlay over all 50, uh, all 50 states and the territories. It, voter suppression is coming to a place near you. Don't listen to what the corporate media are saying you. President Trump has won nearly 90% of the races that he entered people into. His infrastructure that he is building all across the country is very real and it is in place. It is in place. So, Santita Jackson Show, WCPT 820, the nation's largest progressive talk radio station and AM 950 radio, the voice of progressive Minnesota. Well, you have to be my co-host today, Erin. She's like my, my dear, dear sister here. And attorney Erin Connolly, brilliant political organizer and analyst. She does so much. got to get her on TV because she certainly is gorgeous. If you see her, Greg Palace, you're going to go, ooh. My goodness. And then, of course, the Cal County Commissioner, my wife Larry that. Johnson. Well, no, 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 but there's hey, nothing wrong with that. Hey. I, look, I, no, I love men who love, who love me. I, don't, I ain't got a problem with that because if you get out of line, I'll I can get, get you straight. I'm not worried about that. <laughs> That's not a problem for me. I love you. And I love you loving me. <laughs> yeah, I'm that girl. Yeah, me. <laughs> I like you liking me. How about that piece? So I'm really glad that you all are here. But well, you know, my wife admits that you are gorgeous, so there you go. Well, thank you. I appreciate that, but that's my parents, you know, and I appreciate that. But, you know, before I get to you, we've got, you know, our Georgia DeKalb County Commissioner, uh, Larry Johnson. Boy, oh, boy, have I enjoyed interacting with you over the past 24 Ooh. hours. You are a gem. What boy, happened you. yesterday? That love and light we got from the Chicago, baby. Shine, shine on Georgia. That midnight train. Y'all brought that midnight train down here. Woo-hoo. Okay. All right. Man, we got this, uh, oh, it's exciting um, thing. We had 50% turnout, which is uh, unusual for a runoff. Hmm. Uh, in the state of Georgia, the, the people spoke, just like our Senator Warnock talked about. And in DeKalb County, we did 88%. For Warnock. Whoa, whoa, wait, wait, wait. 88%. 88%. Two percentage points more than we did last time. So people that missed it came back out. Wow. Wasn't that beautiful? So, well, I mean, it is beautiful. So let me ask you so people really felt that this runoff was extremely important because I, because we were concerned. We were hearing stories that some people didn't even know that there was a runoff. Right. Right. Well, people had to, if you look at the quality of the candidate and what we were running against, mm. people started mirroring and, and us are saying, well, that's not, we got to go with who's qualified. And people keep talking about the candidate, but uh, our Reverend Warnock is qualified, most qualified. He's shown results that you can't see in the last two years. I mean, from helping with COVID to infrastructure uh, to help them with loan forgiveness, to insulin. Those are things that's going to impact us for generations and dealing with health disparities, dealing with some of the folks who've been left out. And like he said, to, last night we were on top of the mound, but now we got to go back in the valley. Hmm. I just remind people, we've been dealing with voter suppression since we had to count how many bubbles 
on the card on how many, how many, uh, what do you call it, the bubble gum? How many pieces in bubbles the Bubbles in, in the a jar. bar of soap? Is that yeah, crazy? Bubbles in the jelly beans? <laughs> jelly beans, that's jelly beans. So it, it's, it ain't no, we ain't gonna eat no Wonder Bread around suppression. But we found ways to overcome it, and we're going to have to still deal with it because there may be some other ways come. We had seven days to get out the vote that we got out. Seven days. They cut it back, cut the drop boxes. You know, couldn't have it in a certain location. No more water. No more food. Why are you in line? All those things were done, but the people said no. That's why Senator Warnock talked last night. He said the people spoke, Period. Mm, and that's why they, I guess they turned the the polling polling areas almost into party sites where people get something to eat. They had they could go get use the restroom. Yeah, yeah. And you you get in line. Tell, tell me about you that. Find another way. You know. Yeah. You find. A, you know how we not to find another way. You remember we made pies to make black colleges. Yes. Chicken dinners on Sunday to raise money for churches and charities. We find ways to get this thing done because we've shown as a race we're resilient. We got tenacity, and we're not going to be stopped, period. Unbelievable. What What happened? I mean, Greg Palast, talk to yes. us, because we're going to be bringing on, uh, of course, John Nichols in a, in a hot second. But talk to me um, about, well, I mean, about what was overcome yesterday. Well, I want to report something that no one's, Reporting, you had Brad Raffensperger, and his name is not Berger. It really is Perger, uh, the, secretary, the Republican Secretary of State. His name is Raffensperger, and and Brian Kemp. Uh, we're all over CNN and, and every outlet saying record turnout, record turnout. Well, that's the in-person turnout, but we still had, as you said, a massive drop of 90% in the mail-in ballot because of SB202, or as Jill Griggs of the NAACP correctly calls it, Jim Crow 2.2. And here's the numbers. Here's a cold number, which people have to accept. Here's Jim Crow. In the last runoff, there were 4.5 million votes. In this runoff, there are a little more than 3.5 million votes. We had a drop-off of three-quarters of a million votes between the last runoff with Reverend Warnock, Reverend Senator Warnock, and this election. Three-quarters of a million vote drop because of what, um, you know, what you just heard from the cab. No, you know, basically making it illegal to vote uh, by mail. And they, they removed the, they cut the uh, early voting and they cut the runoff time so quick that you couldn't print mail out and get back your, your mail-in ballot. They knocked the drop boxes off in, in, uh, in Atlanta from 107 to 25. You had went from 17 days of early voting to seven. And that's only because Gerald Griggs and NAA and others went to court and won an extra day of early voting. Thank God for that extra day of early voting. And it's not whether I'm for Warnock or, or Walker. I'm for the voters. The voters won. If if uh, if the rights groups hadn't gone into court and won that extra day, who knows how this would be? There's only you know seventy five thousand votes difference, seventy thousand votes difference, um, and you know it was a close one. And again, it was only close not because of the the people thought it was close. Put those two guys next to each other, they were close. What was what made it close 
and what cost between a half million and three quarters of a million votes was Jim Crow, was SB 202. And yesterday I was watching my film with um, uh, the wonderful Rodney Ellis out of Texas Mm -hmm. and uh, new congresswoman Jasmine Crockett out of Texas. Why were these Texans in Georgia? They were because they said it's a contagion. This this new Jim Crow trickery is coming to Texas and we know it and we have to stop it out and we have to shout about it right now. If you want to take my film to the Congressional Black Caucus and, you know, and I, I encourage that, by the way, the film is Vigilante, Georgia, Georgia's Vote Suppression Hitman, which you can see through the weekend. Thanks to Jamie Foxx for free at VigilanteMovie.com, VigilanteMovie.com. We're still keeping it up because it's not about Georgia. This is about America. This was the test ground. This was the That's right. test kit. That's right. And, and so, you know, it's, I really am proud that the film will be shown to the Congressional Black Caucus. But you know what I'd like, Santita? I'd like it to be shown to the Congressional White Caucus. How about mm-hmm. that? Let's get some out. Let's, let's kind of wake up these people. You, you watched CNN last night. And Raffensperger was saying, "There's no Jim Crow. Look, look at the outcome. Look at, look at the, uh, look at those massive lines. They take, they take the image of Jim Crow, where black people are waiting two hours in line to vote. That's Jim Crow, and they're saying, oh, oh, that's evidence how wonderful our laws are working because all these black people are out voting. They're out. It was rainy, foggy yesterday. It didn't stop people. Yeah. So yes, Reverend Warnock was pointing out, don't take the outcome." Do not take the outcome as evidence that Jim Crow wasn't there. They, you can defeat Jim Crow through activism, law, voting, climbing that mountain. And it was a slippery, muddy, icy mountain. And, you know, we are very lucky that Jim Crow didn't win this one. You know, again, it's well, not about on. Walker and Warnock. Yeah. No, no, it's, no, it's not. But I've got John Nichols with me for a few minutes. He's got some other Um, some other obligations. I'm so glad that you were able to join us this morning. What did we see last night? Because, you know, the senator wouldn't let us get off of television or out the room without talking about voter suppression, John. Of course. But the important thing to understand is that it was overcome. And this is, this is the vital, vital message. Everything that Craig is saying today is vital. And and he's right. Um, This film should be shown black caucus, but to all of Congress. It would be wonderful if, if Republican eyes would open, but at the least Democratic eyes should be opened. And here's, here's the vital reality. Congress has not moved effectively or even realistically on voting rights during this current session. They're going to be in lame duck session. They and President Biden can take steps to defend voting rights, and they ought to do so. They ought to address the most egregious forms of voter suppression. And then they ought to, you know, take their hits. If the courts come in and say no, and if the courts push back, well, then they fight on and they fight more. But they've got to take that chance to address this this reality. Because it's true. Last night was close. It was too close. People were stuck to their TV sets for hours, you know, waiting to see those totals go up and down. Now, those of us who cover politics knew that Warnock was going to ultimately win because you knew where the votes were. And, and he did indeed win, but it wasn't a landslide. And I had so many people say to me uh, last night, how could, how could it be that close? In this circumstance, against 
such a weak and, and really discredited Republican candidate. How could it be so close? And the reality, of course, is that it is too hard to vote, not just in Georgia, but in every state across the country. Now, with that said, let us understand that this is a moment of celebration. And we ought to you know, never get so lost in our frustration that we forget the need of celebration. Uh, the Reverend Raphael Warnock, who has held the pulpit of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., has been reelected to the United States Senate. That is huge. That is, that is meaningful on so many levels. But there is another level to, to recognize here. In addition to Reverend Warnock's victory, there is a victory for Joe Biden that I think many people have not noticed. Joe Biden is the first president since Franklin Roosevelt in 1934. And I'm going to emphasize that. The first president since Franklin Roosevelt in 1934 to see every senator of his party reelected in a midterm election cycle. That has not happened in the better part of 100 years. And, and what Biden ought to understand from that is the, the true lesson of the 2020 midterm, 2022 midterms, which are finally done. As of this morning, the 2022 midterms are finally done. And the true lesson of those midterms is that Democrats have a mandate. They had a mandate in 2020. They used it in some ways, but not sufficiently. They have a mandate coming out of 2022. They did not hold the House, but it is so close they will be able to do at least some things there. They've got the Senate by a bigger margin. They are better positioned in the states than they have been for many, many years. And they need to operate on that mandate. And they don't have to wait till early January to do so. There are things they can do right now. And I hear these voices of caution saying, well, you know, we shouldn't use the lame duck to do too many things. That is fundamentally wrong. The lame duck session, these next few weeks, Democrats can say, look, the voters have sent a message. It is a mm-hmm. clear message. They want us to get things done, and we can do things. Lefty John, on let, me, let me just interrupt you here, because yeah. it's also a betrayal of the voters if the Democrats do not act. And yes, I'm going to, I'm very strong in my language because people are hurting out here. Black people waited on average two and a half hours. White people were able to vote for, in 15 minutes in Georgia. That's right. I appreciate and applaud the fact that black people for 400 plus years since we've been here have been leaping over every barrier that has been placed in our way, but I am tired of having to make that leap. It's wrong. Well, that's Ventita. This is exactly just right. wrong. That's, that's exactly, you are exactly right. And that is my point. And that is your point as well. And yeah. that is that don't make excuses. This is the, the mandate is there. It has been delivered. The state of Georgia, understand it, the state of Georgia, which just a few years ago, just a very few years ago, people said was unwinnable. The Democrats would never win there. Well, Democrats now have two senators from the state of Georgia, one of whom, Raphael Warnock, has been elected to the Senate four times in two years. He won his initial election in 2020. He won his runoff in 2021. He won his initial election in 2022. He ran won his runoff in later 2022. Four times elected in two years. What black folks had to do. A mandate. Take that yeah. as a mandate and go and govern. Govern in these next few weeks and then govern going forward in January. 
don't let anything hold you back because you're right, Antita. Not governing at this point, when people have done so much, when they have gone through so much to deliver this victory, that would be a betrayal. And the time You've done everything. You, 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 I mean, all the articles that were written were if black people did not vote Democrats, we're going to lose. We hear that every That's every right. cycle. If black folks don't do, if black folks don't do this, if we, if if, if only you, I am sick of that. I need you to deliver for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Period. Deliver right. for me. Deliver. And that's it. I should not have to stand in line two and a half, three, four, five, six hours and turn a polling station into a party place because you're playing with me. Now, if I send you to Washington, if I send you to the state capitol, you better defend me. Enough. And Raphael Warnock, to his credit, recognized. That's uh, he sure did. And he needs company. Yes, exactly right. And then one final thing I'll say before I have to go and my deep apologies for being just so quick here. One final thing I'll say is, as they address voter suppression, which they should do in this lame duck, as they address voter suppression, they should address all of the issues that Greg and others have been talking about this morning. They should also address the reality of the runoff. That runoff is a... Is racist and a relic of another time. You know it. Exactly. And when the Reverend Raphael Warnock has to win four times, to get the same Senate seat that some of his colleagues barely won one time, we have to recognize that that, those are unreasonable barriers. What an incredible man this is, and what an incredible voting base this is in in Georgia. They, They went through this four times to get their senator. Well, they've got their senator, and the rest of the people in Washington ought to recognize that if people are willing to go through that much, it's time to make the system fair. It is time to have an even system across the country and to get rid of runoffs, which are which have been and remain unfair barriers to those who actually win elections and would have won in any other state. But in Georgia, have to go through the process all over again. You know, because they're racist. But more than that, racism is a form of classism. They're classist. They are designed to Dennis Kucinich. Bernie Sanders, a white progressive, catches hell trying to fight for you. We ought to Mm -hmm. be tired of this. Enough. I am tired of being applauded as a black person for being so strong and being so, so crafty in my thinking. I am sick of this. You need to stop playing with me and do right by me. Period. Bless you, my sister. Bless you, my brother. Um, you know, we've been together a long time. Carry, carry that message forward. I wish I could stay with you longer. I have to go and do more conversations with people who uh, they just strive to be as enlightened as you are and as your <laughs> other guests are. But, I love uh, my John. Carry, I know. Carry the word forward. <laughs> I, I know you had to bump me over for MSNBC or BBC or something, but that's all right. I love you. <laughs> but, you, thank you so much. But you know what? I have to tell you, and I want you all to stay with me just for a few minutes because, Aaron, you know, stay with me just for a few minutes, just a few minutes after we get off the air here. Everybody stay on the Santita Jackson Show YouTube channel. So many of you are with us today and the Santita Jackson and Friends page uh, because, you know, I am tired, Commissioner Johnson, of being applauded for being so strong and for thinking outside the box. I'm like, what you need to do is get the box from around me. How about that piece? Yeah. 
How about ending voter suppression? How about that piece? How about that? Huh? You know, John Lewis bill. We need to get the John Lewis bill passed. And you know what? Put it to a vote. Mm-hmm. Whoever votes it up, whoever votes it down, let them go on the record as supporting that bill mm-hmm. or not supporting it. That not voting on it is a cop out. It's a cop out. Oh, yeah. And to just stop playing. So what's the path forward for us, Commissioner Johnson? I've got a, I've got about a minute and a half. The path forward for us is that you have to have voting experience all year round. It's not a two and four year cycle. We have mm-hmm. to stay on the ground and educate because our vote turns into public policy like you have talked about so early. Economic development, Head Start, eliminating health disparities, dealing with our social determinants of health, bringing our seniors uh, affordable housing. Uh, making sure our young people have the, the best start to go to college or trade school and making sure that it's free at a community college. Those are the things that we have to continue to push for. That vote equates to that. So as African-Americans, we don't, we don't have to make no excuses. We've been loyal. We've been dedicated. Now it's time to pay the piper. And so we're not going to demand nothing less. And I tell that to anybody who I see, our people deserve the best and we're not going to make any excuses. Let's move forward. So that's my mandate for us as we move forward as a people, as a collective. We got to go forward. And we're not going to make no excuses and take any. Period. Amen. You know, I mean, and everything that helps black people, everything we've ever done has made America what America's supposed to be. And this, I swear to you, America will not be until I am treated as somebody. That's just let, the way it is. In the words, let me say in the words of my fraternity brother, Bobby Rush, we're going to keep moving forward and move and make things happen, period. <laughs> Bam. Mic drop on that. I've got 30 seconds for you because you know what, Greg? People need to see your movie and we can see it without. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jamie Foxx, for paying for this, for us to see it without having to pay for it. How can we see Vigilante movie? Greg Palast, are you still there? Everybody go to gregpalast.com, gregpalast.com, or go to vigilantemovie.com. You can see it without paying for it, thanks to Jamie Foxx.